Keep it. Uh, Happy New Year. 2024. Seems like a weird big number, but I guess everything's a bigger number. And here we are just dealing with these numbers. Um, I think simplicity's key. Uh, make the main thing the main thing. Do your best while doing it. Enjoy it. Take care of yourself. These are all things I say over and over. But I guess that's how you learn, right? <clears throat> Constantly reiterate. I tell you. You hear me. We make it. Um, the future of this podcast is as it's always been. Random thoughts. Maybe working something out through those statements, thoughts, ideas, books, and movies. <clears throat> read a couple books. Um, I had never read before and I really wanted to. And I had actually owned... So I read Michael Crichton's Sphere from, let's see here, 1987. And Sphere is an interesting book, and so is Michael Crichton. If I'm not mistaken, Michael Crichton was previously a doctor and gave that up to become an author. Sphere is one of his first books. I don't think it's his very first, but it's... Um, He's also, yeah, he wrote The Andromeda Strain, Terminal Man, The Great Train Robbie, Eaters of the Dead at Congo, and a handful of non-fiction books. This is fiction. Um, it's fun. It's fiction by master. I don't know if I am like a giant fan of him, but I wanted to read it just so I could say that I did. And it's a bizarre concept. There's like an alien in a time machine in the bottom of the ocean, and they have to create a a world to get down there and talk to it but it takes over their psyche but it's just a sphere so super bizarre fun imagination stuff we like like that um it's fairly long and i don't know so glad i read it don't really care too much it wasn't like the greatest thing i ever read but i guess people love them so there's that and then i just finished last night which i've always been a big tom robbins fan um, I just like his imagination, the way he writes, and I found at the library here, Tibetan Peach Pie, A True Account of an Imaginative Life. And again, imagination being the key. I'm actually just really into the ideas of imagination and creativity in general, and this man does it fairly well. On the back, you're like, this is not an autobiography, but it pretty much is, or a memoir. Um, autobiography is fueled by ego, and I can make a long list of persons whose belly buns I'd rather be contemplating did my own anyway only authors who are household names should write autobiographies and not only is my name infrequently tumbled in the lapidary of public consciousness those rare homes in which it's spoken with in any regularity are likely under police surveillance so he's fun um i'd highly recommend it even if you don't read his books it's just interesting of a kind of like a rock star author underdog uh tom robbins tibetan peach pie from i think 2014 and the cool thing about it, or which I didn't realize, is he's like 90 now. And so he wrote a majority of his books between basically like late 60s, but they were published early 70s, into the 90s. And I think his last book was written in 2004. That was written, I think, in 2014. And in my mind, it's like, oh, dude, this guy's like amazing and so awesome. But he really has only written eight books, including the memoir. And, you know, he's been alive another 10 years after that and hasn't done anything. So it's interesting where people's creative juices flow, where they stand 
towards their life and what they've created and, and their go good, right? His go good was 25, 30 years and really hasn't done much since then. But anyway, peep it out. Fantastic. Dude, I watched a ton of movies. Um, let's go to what I saw in theaters and online first. I saw that movie Maestro, which is um, it's, uh, starring Bradley Cooper. I think it's directed by Bradley Cooper. And he basically... Um, he basically has the life of um, Leonard Bernstein, who's a music conductor. And, I mean, he plays it really well. And it's an interesting story. Um, obviously, going right back into it, creative imagination, um, Bernstein being a creative with his music making. Wanted to see it. Wasn't really familiar with his stuff. I might have some of his records. Um, but uh, interesting life. And the movie's getting high praise. And Bradley Cooper directed and stars in, and he, he did pretty much kill it in that regard. Um, what else? Oh, I finally saw, which I fucking loved, Sisu from 2022, directed by Jalmari Helander. Vengeance is golden, deep in the wilderness of Lapland. Atama Korpi is searching for gold, but after he stumbles upon Nazi patrol, a breathtaking and gold-hungry chase through the destroyed and mined Lapland wilderness begins. It's fucking badass. Revenge, um vengeance and like a like a superhero fucking prospector who won't fucking die so i don't even know how to say it but that shit is fucking awesome and highly recommended uh to anybody that likes fucking rad fucking movies because uh this is uh it's, it's war it's action it's revenge it's fucking almost like a superhero like his fucking relentless jumps into freezing he lights himself on fire to get away and jumps into the freezing water like that's all i gotta say so it killed it um i also saw well on netflix um big george foreman the story of george foreman um that was from two i was gonna say this year but 2023 directed by george tillman jr uh very interesting story very well done and you know forrest whitaker's in it and i i liked it i'd highly recommend it boxing movies just I'm not like a total boxing fan, but boxing movies always seem to to nail it. And I watched for this year, 2024, BitCond, which is um, a documentary about these fucking cryptocurrency guys who scam millions from investors. And it's kind of uneasy. It's got th three out of five stars here, but um, you know, the dude's a, a fucking rat and gets away with it and burns a bunch of people. And I don't know, it's just shit like that. It kind of fucking rubs me the wrong way. But, whatever. Um, let me see here. I saw, um, for Christmas, I watched all the Die Hards. So I watched uh, Die Hard 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And, uh, obviously Die Hard 1's awesome. I saw it in theaters. I've seen it many times. I fucking love it. That's definitely high up there. Die Hard 2 I thought was pretty good. Um, I've seen it, obviously I've seen it before. But it's way better than I remember it. Die Hard 3... I guess I never even saw. I don't even remember it. And I thought it was whatever. Um, Live Free and Die Hard, which is um, like his daughter is the main thing. And that, it's like in New York in the summer. I don't know. It's, it's all right. And then um, A Good Day to Die Hard was just fucking straight trash. That's the, uh, the one where son's in Russia. Like, I don't fucking know. Dude, like, uh, it's kind of sad that something that cool fucking died out like that and then um 
I finally saw because I, you know, I love Francis Ford Coppola, so I always try to watch Sofia Coppola. And what I see, I saw the Napoleon movie, and that starts off with Marie Antoinette getting beheaded. So I went and watched Marie Antoinette, directed by Sofia Coppola, starring Kirsten Dunst, and it's a really, really well done movie. The, I mean, you feel like you're in fucking the 1600s or whatever the fuck is going on. Uh, Kirsten Dunst kills her role as Marie Antoinette. She, you know, goes off at 14, gets married, and becomes the queen of England through excess and not fucking taking care of her people. They fucking kick her out. So it just ends on that. Which, I mean, while I was watching, I watched it, like, over three days, like, a little bit at a time. And so I was, like, looking up online, like, her story. And then, like, you know, I'm expecting at the end for her to fucking get captured or whatever the fuck happens and get beheaded. And that's not in this movie. So that was a little disappointing because she lived like badass and then it kind of just ends with her leaving the kingdom, which I'm sure happened. But then there's something that happens in between there and a couple years later where they grab her and, you know, she fucking steps on the foot of the fucking executioner and says sorry before he chops her head off. And that's what I wanted to see. But it wasn't in there. But the movie is great. The true story is fucking remarkable. And I think that's what we should be focusing on here and trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Um... And, you know, not all movies can do that. It's kind of sad that this didn't go there. And then I saw, um, which I actually really liked, Lee Daniels, The Butler, inspired by a true story, starring Forrest Whitaker and Oprah Winfrey. This is a fucking great movie, man. It felt it felt good. Um, it's a man born in slavery who becomes uh, a servant in the plantation, leaves to Washington, D.C., works at a really fancy hotel, and somebody from the White House sees him, and then he works at the White House for you know, like eight presidents, you know, Carter, Truman, up to Reagan, Nixon, um, Kennedy, and he's their butler. But the story, or at least the movie, does a really good job of, like, his home life. His son is a fucking revolutionary, and he's running the Black Panthers. I mean, all this dude's fucking sitting, fucking delivering drinks to the president while they're having war room conversations. So, I don't know. I thought it was done really well, and it's very heartfelt. It's awesome to see that fucking point of view. So I would highly suggest The Butler. And then I saw, which I really did like, um, it's called Messiah of Evil. I have it here on Blu-ray. It's from 1973, directed by William Huck, Hayek, and Gloria Katz. And it's kind of like a Los Angeles gothic tale of the undead, but consumerism and... It's really beautiful film. It's like art, but it's horror. And I don't know. I, I actually really liked it, but it's just, um, I don't know. What, let me see what it says for genres here. It's, um, yeah, it's called a horror mystery. Terror you won't want to remember in a film you won't be able to forget. A young woman searching for a missing artist's father finds herself in the strange seaside town of Point Dune, which seems to be under the influence of a mysterious undead cult. And... It's just magic. Um, if you like movies, art films, old films, fucking shit you never even heard of, and can ex examine it by that, definitely check it out. Messiah of Evil from 1973. And then, uh, that's pretty much it. I um, don't really go over TV shows too much, but I did watch the complete series of Young Sheldon. I never saw Big Bang Theory, but I thought Young Sheldon was done really, really good. Um, I actually quite enjoyed it. And then I did a little bit of research on it. And it's like the producer, um, his name is Chuck Lorre. And Chuck Lorre has been doing freaking 
TV shows since I was a kid, and some of my favorite TV shows, which would include, um, well, let me see here. So he's done a lot. So he did Big Bang Theory, obviously. He did Mike and Molly. He did Two and a Half Men. He did CSI Crime Scene Investigation. He's done Dharma and Greg, which a lot of those I haven't really seen. He did the show Sybil, Grace Under Fire, Roseanne, which is cool because the sister from Roseanne is the mom on this who the sister from Roseanne is actually, I guess, in Big Bang Theory. So her real mom plays her as younger, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, he did Fraggle Rock, which is crazy. Charles in Charge, which is what I was really thinking of because I, I just really liked Charles in Charge when I was a kid. And look, he only did two episodes, so I figured he did more. Did Heathcliff the movie, which I was a big fan of. Muppet Babies, the TV series. Mask, which I was a super fan of. And so, like, he just has this magic touch, and he's... I didn't know his name until seeing this, but he has touched all these facets of stories of my life. And then young Sheldon just goes through and takes all the best of the best that he's ever done and just nails it. So, I don't know. Highly suggested. It was on Netflix, season five. I think there's six seasons. I watched all five. Actually, I almost watched them twice. So, um, you know, not too much of that going on with TV shows. And... Um, I started, and I'm almost done with Snowfall, which is like the crack pandemic in L.A. And I only bring that up because that's six seasons. So I watched um, all five seasons and a couple into the sixth season. And I thought it started off really strong. It was very interesting. And then it kind of fizzled out. And in this last season, I'm just like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to finish it. I think I have like six episodes or so left. But um, it's kind of weak towards the end. But it was really good when it started. And uh, it's awesome, directed by... Um, are created and directed by John Singleton, who did Boys in the Hood and kind of has that vibe. And he actually died um, in the middle, like season three, I think he died. So it continues on. It's funny. So after he died, it kind of fell off. But whatever. Um, it's fun, but it sucks because it ends kind of weak. That being said, Podcast Jeep is 2024.